Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. So good to be with you. This has been a very, very special time. And I want to uh, uh, bless all of you who were part of the Men's March um, uh, yesterday in, in, um, in Buffalo. It really was a wonderful turnout. And um, I bless God for Jim Havens and the whole staff of the Station of the Cross for what they do and for speaking the truth truly um, boldly with clarity and charity but the whole truth um, thank all of you who are part of that all of you who um, contribute to this uh, station of the cross and all of you who pray and and who love god and who are living your faith in the midst of this really dark world today and getting darker by the day sunday as you know was the feast the solemnity of the most holy trinity a most special day. Paschal Tide ended at uh, just before Vespers on Saturday. It was the whole Easter Tide, Paschal Tide, ended uh, at noon on Saturday, and um, um, and the feast of the Holy Trinity began. And I wasn't with you, of course, over the weekend uh, through Station of the Cross and Live Site News. So I'd like now to. Um, read to us the most wonderful um, a writing of Adon Prosper, Prosper Garanger uh, in 1870, again, who restored the Benedictine order and Gregorian chant to France and subsequently to Europe and to the world. This homily he's written could be read any day of the year. He says the very essence of the Christian faith consists in the knowledge and adoration of one God in three persons. This is the mystery whence all others flow. Our faith centers in this as the master truth of all it knows in this life and as the infinite object whose vision is to form our eternal happiness. And yet we only know it because it has pleased God to reveal himself thus to our lowly intelligence, which after all can never fathom the infinite perfections of that God who necessarily inhabiteth light inaccessible. Human reason, human reason may of itself come to the knowledge of the existence of God as creator of all things. It may, by its own innate power, form to itself an idea of his perfections by the study of his works. But the knowledge of God's intimate being can only come to us by means of his own revelation. <clears throat> it was God's good pleasure to make known to us his essence in order to bring us into closer union with himself and to prepare us in some way for that face-to-face -face vision of himself, which he intends giving us in eternity. 
but his revelation is gradual. He takes mankind from brightness unto brightness, fitting it for the full knowledge and adoration of unity in Trinity and Trinity in unity during the period preceding the incarnation of the internal word. God seems intent on inculcating the idea of his unity, for polytheism was the infectious error of mankind. And every notion of there being a spiritual and soul cause of all things would have been effaced on earth had not the infinite goodness of that God watched over its preservation. Not that the Old Testament books were altogether silent on the three divine persons whose ineffable relations are eternal. Only the mysterious passages which spoke of them were not understood by the people at large. Whereas in the Christian church, a child of seven will answer them that ask him that in God, the three divine persons have but one and the same nature but one and the same divinity. When the book of Genesis tells us that God spoke the plural and said, let us make man in our image and likeness, the Jew bows down and believes, but he understands not the sacred text. The Christian, on the contrary, who has been enlightened by the complete revelation of God, sees under this expression the three persons acting together in the formation of man. The light of faith develops the great truth to him and tells him that within himself there is a likeness to the blessed three in one. Power, understanding, and will are three faculties within him, and yet he himself is but one being. In the books of Proverbs, Wisdom, and Ecclesiasticus, Solomon speaks in sublime language of him who is eternal wisdom. He tells us, and he uses every variety of grandest expression to tell us of the divine essence of this wisdom and of his being a distinct person in the Godhead. But how few among the people of Israel could see through the veil Isaiah heard the voice of the seraphim as they stood around God's throne. He heard them singing in alternate choirs and with a joy intense because eternal, this hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord. Holy, Sanctus in Latin, Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus. In Hebrew, Kodesh, Kodesh, Kodesh. Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord. That is how we pray the, the Sanctus uh, at Mass from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3. But who will explain to men this triple Sanctus of which the echo is heard here below when we mortals give praise to our Creator? So again, in the Psalms and in the prophetic books, a flash of light will break suddenly upon us, a brightness of some mysterious three will dazzle us, but it passes away, and obscurity returns, seemingly all the more palpable. We have but the sentiment of the divine unity, deeply impressed on our inmost soul, and we adore the incomprehensible. 
the sovereign being. Beloved, my comments here. We have only a glimpse of who God is this side of heaven. And as Dom Geringer has written, the only way we can know, uh, uh, Romans says, that the knowledge of God is built within every one of us. And so um, uh, we know that God exists without special revelation. And paganism exists all over the world. But those who are God-fearing know that there's one God. Abraham, his parents, their ones, were idol worshippers. This is my comments, not Bob Garanger. They were idol worshippers. They lived among a pagan culture. But God saw Abram's heart of faith. His name was Abram, not Abraham. Abram meaning um, uh, a father. Uh, but God changed his name to Abraham, meaning a father of many nations. And Abraham knew in his heart it was one God. He didn't know who he was. Um, the revelation of the Trinity, of Christ as Son, of the Holy Spirit as the third person of the Blessed Trinity, that is the fruit of special revelation through God's Holy Spirit, through uh, revelation through God letting us know. But all of the Old Testament, uh, what St. Augustine said, what is concealed in the Old is revealed in the New. The entire Old Testament is, St. Paul says, our tutor, our schoolmaster, to bring us to Christ. Once we understand through special revelation in the New Covenant, once we understand that God is a trinity, a triune God, the triune God of Abraham, three persons in one God, not three gods, three persons in the one God. Once we understand that, we can go back through the Old Testament and see the Trinity all over the place, such as Don Garanger pointed out in Isaiah, holy, 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 speaking of three persons in the one God. And the scripture on Sunday uh, in the New Testament, in the Gospel, was Matthew 28, that our Lord told his disciples to go into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Not the names, plural, but the one name of the three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are privileged, dear ones, to be on the other side of the covenant, in the new covenant, where we know that the triune God of Abraham so loved the world that he sent his son. Um, again, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. There's the music, dear ones, for our first break. We'll be right after the break to continue uh, with Dom Garanger's homily. And um, after the second break, we'll take your calls, your emails, uh, for the whole half hour. We'll be right back.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as the Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to the Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that and through your programs I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. We the people are guaranteed five freedoms in the First Amendment. Freedom of speech. Freedom of religion. Freedom of the press. Freedom to peacefully assemble. Freedom to petition the government. Only the United States has these five freedoms so simply bound together and guaranteed. Think first. Learn more at thinkfirstamendment.org. We don't ignore the writings of the past or the writings of our ancient fathers or the saints, but we read them and we allow ourselves to be influenced by them. We conform ourselves to the past and not the other way around, right? This tendency these days is to want to think that we have a new idea and then look at the past and conform it to what we think now. And that's never been the case. That is not how the Catholic Church works. That's not how the family of God works. That's Sermons for Everyday Living weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live. We are live. I'm thrilled to be with you. And um, just before the break, we've been reading Don Prosper Garinger's homily on the Blessed Trinity for Trinity Sunday past us, but um, actually we could never speak about the Holy Trinity enough because when we speak of the Holy Trinity, we speak of the God who loved us and sent his Son to die for us, that we could know him and have life with him in this world and live with him forever. And we were saying that all that preceded the new covenant in the old covenant. Um, uh, God didn't become a trinity. He always has been from the beginning a trinity. He's the triune God of Abraham. Um, and he is a God of love. And uh, the world, Dom Garanger says, the world had to wait for the fullness of time to be completed. And then God would send into this world his only son, begotten of him from all eternity. <clears throat> this most merciful purpose has been carried out, and the word made flesh hath dwelt among us. By seeing his glory, the glory of the only begotten Son, the Father, we have come to know that in God there is Father and Son, the Son's mission to earth, by the very revelation it gave us of himself, taught us that God is 
eternally, Father, for whatsoever is in God is eternal. But for this merciful revelation, which is an anticipation of the light awaiting us in the next life, our knowledge of God would have been too imperfect. It was fitting that there should be some portion between the light of faith and that of the vision reserved for the future. It was not enough for man to know that God is one, so that we now know the Father from whom comes, as the Apostle tells us, all paternity, even on earth. We know him not only as the creative power which has produced every being outside himself, but guided as it is by faith. Our soul's eye respectfully penetrates into the very essence of the Godhead. And there beholds the Father begetting a Son like unto himself. But in order to teach us the mystery, that Son came down upon our earth. Himself has told us expressly that no one knoweth the Father but the Son, and he to whom it shall please the Son to reveal him. Glory then be to the Son, who has vouchsafed to show us the Father, and glory to the Father, whom the Son hath revealed unto us. <clears throat> oh, dear ones, if we only knew how privileged we were to think of the thousands, thousands of thousands that died under the Old Covenant and never knew the Trinity, never knew that God existed as a triune God. I think about when the angel, dear ones, came to uh, the Blessed Virgin to tell her that she would bear the Son of God. Uh, she would bear the Holy One, the very Son of God, who is God. I can't imagine. Mary was about 15 uh, and lived wonderfully under the law, perfectly, and to be told that she would bear the very Son of God, I can't imagine, had she not been full of grace, she could have even continued to exist because she knew throughout the whole Old Covenant uh, from God himself that one cannot look on, on God and live. How can you bear God? How could you have God in you for nine months and bear the Son of God? And how would Mary know even that God had a son, uh, that, that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Blessed Trinity? Unbelievable. I can't imagine what God put on her through the angel Gabriel and what she understood. Dom Garanger says, the son who had been sent by the father had ascended into heaven with the human nature which he had united to himself for all future eternity. See, dear ones, he got his human nature and human body from Mary. But it, he didn't leave it when he ascended to the Father. He took his human nature with him. And lo, the Father and the Son send into this world the Spirit who proceeds from them both. It was a new gift, and it taught man that the Lord God was in three persons. The Spirit, the eternal link of the first two, is will. He is love in the divine essence. In God, then, is the fullness of being without beginning, without succession, without increase, for there is nothing which he has not, nothing which he has not 
in these three eternal terms of his uncreated substance is the act pure and infinite. Probably most of what I'm reading is even hard to grasp. Uh, we understand much of it, but in the language of Dom Garanger, putting into one sentence what could be explained in a 10-page essay. He continues, the sacred liturgy, whose object is the glorification of God and the commemoration of his works, follows each year the sublime phrases of these manifestations, whereby the sovereign Lord has made known his whole self to mortals. Under the somber colors of Advent, we commemorated the period of expectation during which the radiant trinity sent forth but few of its rays to mankind. The world during those 4,000 years was praying for heaven, for a liberator, a messiah, and it was God's own son that was to be this liberator, this messiah, that we might have the full knowledge of the prophecies which foretold him. It was necessary that he himself should actually come. A child was born unto us. We sing it at Christmas Isaiah, from Isaiah 9, 6. A child was born unto us. And then we had the key to the scriptures. When we adored that son, we adored also the father who sent him to us in the flesh and to whom he is consubstantial. This word of life, whom we have seen, whom we have heard, whom our hands have handled, says St. John, in the humanity which he deigned to assume, has proved himself to be truly a person, a person distinct from the Father, for one sends and the other is sent. In this second divine person, we have found our mediator who has reunited the creation to its creator. We have found the redeemer of our sins, the light of our souls, the spouse we had so long desired. Oh, beloved, I know we won't be able to finish this reading this morning, but every single sentence to me is a hymn. It's music. It's beautiful. We could take one sentence and spend a whole day on each one. Don Garanger continues, having passed through the mysteries which he himself wrought, we next celebrated the descent of the Holy Spirit, who had been announced as coming to perfect the world of the Son of God. To, rather, to perfect the work of the Son of God. We adored him and acknowledged him to be distinct from the Father and the Son who had sent him to us with the mission of abiding with us. He manifested himself by divine operations, which are especially his own, and were the object of his coming. He is the soul of the church. He keeps her in the truth taught her by the Son. He is the source, the principle of the sanctification of our souls, and in them he wishes to make his dwelling. In a word, the mystery of the Trinity has become to us not only a dogma made known to our mind by revelation, but moreover, a practical truth given to us by the unheard of mute, rather given to us um, 
yes, by the unheard of munificence of three divine persons, the Father, who has adopted us, the Son, whose brethren and joint heirs we are, and the Holy Ghost, who governs us and dwells within us. Let us, then, begin this day, this blessed Trinity Sunday, by giving, and I would say every day, dear ones, by giving glory to the one God in three persons. For this end, we will unite with Holy Church, who in her office of prime recites on this solemnity, as also on every Sunday, not taken up by a feast, the magnificent symbol known as the Athanasian Creed. It gives us, in a summary of much majesty and precision, the doctrine of the holy doctor St. Athanasius regarding the mysteries of the Trinity and incarnation. It is a psalm or hymn of praise, of confession, and of profound self-prostrating homage, parallel to the canticles of the elect in heaven. It appeals to the imagination quite as much as to the intellect. It is the war song of faith. I love that. It is the war song of faith with which we warn first ourselves, then each other, and then all those who are within its hearing, who are within its hearing and the hearing of the truth, who our God is, and how we must worship him, and how vast our responsibility will be if we know what to believe, and yet believe not. Dear ones, that's a very frightening sentence. How we must worship him, and how vast our responsibility will be if we know what to believe, and yet believe not. There's a beautiful and um, lengthy prayer to the, to the Holy Trinity. It's just magnificent. Uh, we won't have time before the break, dear ones, um, to, to read it uh, and to pray it. It's, it's a whole sermon in itself. So, so magnificent. When we come back from our break, dear ones, we'll have a whole half hour to ourselves to attempt to answer all your questions, whatever is on your heart, our toll-free number is one 877 5483 with anything whatsoever that's on your heart. And we'll be right back. God bless you.
This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for June 6th. Today we celebrate Saint Norbert. The religious order that Saint Norbert founded in 12th century France was confronted by monstrous tasks, combating rampant heresies, revitalizing many of the faithful who had grown indifferent and lax in their faith, and bringing about peace and reconciliation among enemies. Norbert entertained no pretensions about his own ability to accomplish these tasks. He realized that nothing could be effectively done without God's power. He found strength in his deep devotion to the Blessed Sacrament. He and the Premonstratensians, also called the Norbertines, never forgot to praise God for whatever success they enjoyed in converting heretics, reconciling enemies, and rebuilding faith in indifferent believers. Many of them lived in central houses during the week and served in parishes on the weekends. Reluctantly, Norbert became an archbishop in southern Germany, a territory half pagan and half Christian. But he served with zeal, seeking reform of clergy and laity alike. Despite threats on his life and a brief stint in exile, Norbert courageously continued his work for the church until his death in 1134. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. I was raised a Catholic and went to church every Sunday faithfully. I met a boy and he was non-Catholic, so I left the church to be with him. When I was away from church, I yearned to be home. What brought me back was my longing for the Eucharist. The Eucharist fills me with a spirit that you can't find anywhere else. I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church, like that's where I belong. We invite you to take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together. I'm thrilled to be with you. And um, you are welcome to call in with anything on your heart. I always say the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. Anything at all that's on your heart. Um, and don't ever hesitate uh, to call or write anonymously if, if that is helpful. Um, it's it, uh, it, not an issue to us whatsoever. Uh, so again, the toll-free number is one 511 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. <clears throat> we have an email from Mark, and Mark says, Good morning, Mother. I'm wondering if you're familiar with the current situation surrounding the L.A. Dodgers baseball team and their mockery of the Catholic faith, and the more specifically nuns, and more specifically nuns, by inviting an anti-Catholic drag queen group named Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to their games. I would love to hear your thoughts on this, Mark. Mark, dear one, uh, it's completely satanic. It is satanic. There is nothing uh, uh, even neutral about it. And it's such a shame because the owner of the Dodgers is Catholic. Uh, I think um, I've met Tommy Lasorda. Um, and... Uh, 
I, there's a big story there, but um, he's Catholic. Now, I don't know if the ownership has changed, <clears throat> but they've had a, a whole stream of um, uh, heroic Catholic players. I can't, the, the name of one is the tip of my tongue. I can't, I can't think of it at the moment, but it is absolutely satanic. And um, uh, it really sickens me. And I, I utterly grieve for what's happening to the world and for people that are so, so far from God. Um, you may have read that our blessed, beloved Bishop Strickland here in the Diocese of Tyler will be in Los Angeles on June 16th, the Feast of the um, Sacred Heart, and he will be leading a Eucharistic procession uh, on that day uh, in reparation for all the sins uh, of uh, being committed, uh, the atrocity being committed uh, by the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and everyone that's a part of their being there. It's, it's an outright mockery of God. And if God does it rain down and destroy the entire a baseball field of Dodgers. I'm not asking for anyone, people to be destroyed, but maybe the night before the game to totally obliterate that Dodger stadium, to do anything to stop that from happening. I would be happy. Uh, the world needs to know who God is. And I tell you, Mark, what I am shocked at is the rate at which the whole LGBTQ plus um, is taking over uh, all over that Catholic churches, uh, that the uh, embassy of to the in the United States to the Vatican is flying a pride f flag. The Catholic schools with pride flags, churches, unbelievable. Everyone they've been duped, they've been blinded, and they can call themselves Catholic, but they are. They have left the faith. They have turned from God. Uh, for any Catholic to participate in any way in Pride Month is um, in what has been called Pride Month. It's the month of the Sacred Heart. And uh, if we betray God by uh, joining in Pride, if you work for a corporation or you're going to school or anything else, you must not participate. And you say, but if I don't, I'll lose my job. Lose your job. Uh, I'll be put out of school. Be put out of school. God will protect those who honor him and not protect those. If you join in for fear of money or anything else or reputation, you will have no protection from God. We must uh, counter and be no part of the evil that's going on in our country and in the world. Paul, our friend, is on from Buffalo on the line. Hello, Paul. Good morning, Mother Miriam. Praise be to God. Thank you. I'm grateful that you are here to talk to. And oh, I'm, I'm so to glad you called in, Paul. Yeah, Go and ahead. I'm thankful to the Station of the Cross and uh, anybody else that supports you being here. Um, yes, in the beginning of the show, you mentioned the Men's March that took place in Albany. And uh, I, was, I attended that and uh, grateful for that. And for to have finally met Jim Havens, he's a, mm. a titan in the pro-life, uh, um, you know, a personhood now. Uh, we'll call yep. it personhood. Yeah. Um, 
so I don't know that just for some reason, uh, by the movement of the Holy Spirit here this morning, I've been thinking a lot about, uh, uh, something that just came to my heart. So, sure. and, uh, yeah. And so I'm thinking about how abortion was sold to women. Well, first we had the, from what I understand as explained by, uh, 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 oh, uh, writers like, uh, uh, Sue Ellen Browderer, Browderer, um, she has that book subverted. If you've ever heard of that. I don't think I have heard of her. No. Okay. Well, she used to be a writer for cosmopolitan magazine and she explained how the, uh, um, uh, the articles that she used to write, um, were, were fake. They were, um, not, real stories. They were just enticements to get women to think that, uh, uh, you know, and she's repented from that. I mean, you know, now she's out speaking the truth about all of that. Blessed be uh, God. I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is where I've gotten some clarity on some of the things that have occurred over the past 60 years or so concerning this, but at the same time, uh, and then there's, uh, Jennifer Robeck Morse, and she's an advocate mm-hmm. against the uh, repercussions of the sexual revolution. So both um, have stated basically that uh, the true women's movement, you know, uh, for e- equal, uh, you know, places like equality and work and things like that, uh, you know, and I mean, that ties into personhood, right? Because right. I guess as I'm speaking to you, I'm kind of getting a little bit of clarity. I'm grateful for that. So uh, I guess, could you maybe speak a little about the, uh, how the false independence to women, you know, by the use of abortion, uh, has affected man, women relations and what the true women's movement was for. If it, if it was at all, uh, you know, like a personhood type of a movement and, uh, now, I mean, we can see the neglect of the, the person in the womb uh, yeah. for the sake of being, women being sold the, the falsehood that abortion would give them independence. Does, yes. It, to, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes. Does that does that question make sense? To- yes, it does. It does, Paul. It's it's as tragic as can be. Um, you know that the the devil is the father of lies, and um, for a woman to think that abortion gives them independence, I've heard and and seen even on on video many women who are grateful. Uh, it makes me uh, sick to even say it that they made the decision to abort their child and they gave them independence. Well, it's comparable to saying. Um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, attached to someone, uh, but I murdered him or her, and now I feel great because now I'm independent. There'd be no difference. Uh, it'd be some difference here, but if every husband murdered his wife, he could say, okay, now I'm independent. If a m- wife murdered her husband, I'm independent. If a mother murdered her um, 20-year-old son, she could say, now I'm independent. Uh She's not independent. She is now a murderer and has joined forces with uh, an untold number of demons. 
uh, there's no independence in sin. When we think that murder frees us and makes us independent, we are slaves of the devil. And the, 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 the thing is that we don't know that we're slaves. We are so enslaved to do his evil deeds, um, to be on a path to hell, that we don't know it. That's the trick. If we knew it, you know, uh, lepers, um, they, um, they're, the tips of their fingers, uh, are the skin comes off because they have no feeling. And so if they put their hand in a fire or anything else, they don't feel it. The nerves are dead. The same thing with someone who is dead spiritually. They don't feel it. They are more dependent. They are more slave uh, than any time else. So what women think is independence, uh, if I asked any woman, if you murder someone you simply don't want on this earth, uh, would that be legitimate to make you independence? independent? I think unless someone was utterly uh, irre irreparably depraved, uh, they would say, of course not. Well, they're murdering their child. And so you're saying murder gives me independence and not just murder of someone I don't like, but uh, murder of what my own flesh and blood has produced. Uh, I am murdering myself. I'm murdering a part of me and I'm murdering that part of me that's produced an absolutely independent person who can't live outside the womb yet, but it's a full person whom God has created, and I have murdered that person. I have murdered that child because I want independence. Um, I think we could never, dear Paul, have enough education on uh, the formation of a child in the womb. Uh, I remember um, the doctor, uh, maybe you could think of his name, that he produced, he's not alive anymore, um, he produced the silent scream, uh, and I think he wrote Dr. Nathanson. That, that's it. Thank you. Um, he performed thousands of abortion, thousands. And one day he looked at a video of an abortion that he did, and he saw the baby screaming as it was being ripped apart in the mother's womb. Scree silent scream because we couldn't have heard it screaming the same way we would scream if somebody pulled off an arm and a leg and crushed our skull and burned us uh, same way he saw it and it shocked him no end and he became a christian and um, wrote the book i think the hand of god uh, and was an advocate uh, for uh, pro-life uh, the rest of his days we People are ignorant. People are ignorant and they're slaves of the devil. And as long as the enemy can keep them blind, he will, which is why it's so good uh, for a Bishop Strickland, again, who will lead a Eucharistic procession uh, to the Dodger Stadium on January 16th, or rather June 16th, the Feast of the Sacred Heart, and many others who will be there doing the same. Um, it, it's people... They see us coming against it, but they don't understand. They're blind. Uh, they say, I do what I want with my body. They, they, it's no longer their body. God has 
use their body to form another person. The same as Mary, the Blessed Mother. Uh, her body was used to form our Blessed Lord, the human nature of the second person of the Trinity in her womb. What if she had had an abortion? The thought is unthinkable. Paul, dear one, um, there's our break. I, I thank God for you and for calling in and thank you that you were there at the Men's March. Keep fighting, dear brother. We need you. God bless all of you. We'll be right back after the break. Join us in a prayer to St. Anthony of Padua. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O dear protector, St. Anthony, on this day we direct our fervent prayer to you, asking you to hear us and to intercede for us. We are parents who ask for peace in our families, our worthy occupations, and our daily bread. We are children who ask for divine assistance and protection, in the hope of a successful and happy future. We are the needy poor, the afflicted, and sinners who come to you for help and grace. Therefore, speak on our behalf to that child whom you hold in your arms, and we are sure of being heard. Amen. Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network is dedicated to answering the critical need of access to quality, consistent, professional, and proven Catholic programming. We cannot rely on other media outlets to properly represent our church. Catholic Radio reaches Catholics, non-Catholic Christians, and non-believers alike. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent of your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. The average person actually uses this phone for at least three hours and 15 minutes. If we just dedicate some time to praying the rosary, we will eliminate all those things that constantly distract us and waste our time. We actually replace it with something constructive and holy, praying the rosary. That's Sermons for Everyday Living weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our final segment of the program. We have a good 10 minutes um, and it's good because God gives us all time, and you are welcome to call in yet with anything on your heart. Uh, our lines are open 
The toll-free number 1-877-511-5483. Our email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We have an email from someone writing in anonymously <clears throat> who says, I'm curious to hear who mother thinks might be the best candidate in the upcoming presidential election out of those who have already announced their bids, of course, and why? Well, the only answer I can rightly give you in my heart is Taylor Marshall. If Taylor Marshall were not running, uh, had not announced his uh, that he's running for president, I wouldn't be able to give you a candidate. I do have... Uh, someone in my heart that I think would be the best to vote for. But if Taylor um, Marshall were running, I would vote for him. And most people would say, Mother, you're a fool. How could you vote for Taylor Marshall? He's he's a wonderful Catholic man. He's a wonderful Catholic father. He's a wonderful author. He's written many books. He has a wonderful podcast, The Taylor Marshall Show. He's a good man of God, wonderful family. Everything about him is wonderful and fully Catholic. But What's he doing being bidding for president? He's never been a politician. He's never this. He's never that. You know what I think? I don't think God cares about all of that. He chose a little shepherd boy, David, who knew nothing else but raising sheep to be the king of Israel. God needs men after his own heart. That's what God needs. And at this point, if Taylor Marshall were president, I don't know what would happen. God is sovereign. God can, uh, whatever Taylor might uh, lack in um, wisdom or decision-making, God could take over on that. God could take care of it. Whereas someone who is the best politician, the wisest, the strongest, but not moral, uh, their plans won't work. So I'm for Taylor Marshall because he is moral. And God... Uh, inhabits the praises of his people and if he has a little shepherd boy like Taylor Marshall uh, to be president a God will lead us it will be will be a uh, a kingdom of God again uh, what whether it works or not is up what well, yeah but can he deal with China and North Korea and all this stuff going on he will he'll deal with them morally uh, he doesn't have to be cunning or anything else He'll just deal with them on the basis it's right. Uh, God wrote in uh, Chronicles uh, concerning Israel, who were then surrounded by their enemies. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, then I and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal their land. I will hear their prayer and I will heal their land. It, that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed. So if God wants Taylor Marshall to be president, I would be ecstatic. And um, uh, that's the only one I could say right now to pray for because he is the most moral of all. Okay, we have an email from Garrett uh, who writes, Greetings, Mother. On the show for Friday, April 28th, you were discussing whether or not it was a sin for a mother to go to work. I was wondering what your thoughts were on men who stay at home with the children while the wife works outside the house. Thank you. Same thing, Garrett. God has made women mothers. Men can clean, can play with children, can teach them, can diaper. They cannot be a mother. Um, God 
wants women to be mothers. Children need their mother. They need their mother desperately. And if the father is the best father in the world and the mother is outside the home, the children will be deprived and they will grow up uh, needy. They will grow up needy and they will try to get their needs met in ways that are not what God desires. So no, uh, don't ever make those decisions based on who has the best salary. Don't do that. Uh, moms, you stay home. Husbands, if you have to get three jobs, if you have to be a street sweeper and a grocery bag bagger and uh, uh, whatever it is, do what you need to do to live your vocation and support your family. We have an email from Betty who writes, good morning, mother. I've been living with someone for 20 years. I was previously married and divorced. So I've been living with this person since my last marriage. Please understand that there was a lot of abuse in my first marriage and it was very difficult. Alcoholic, addicted to prescription meds, marijuana at that time, which was not legal. Now, mother, my boyfriend and I are still together. Is it possible to be married? My boyfriend has issues with a certain type of drug. At times, I don't know what to do because I want to honor our Lord. We have not been intimate for many, many months. I feel lost, mother. We are both Catholics. I've been to a priest to confess my sins, and please understand that my faith has not always been with me for many years until recently. Thank you, Mother. God bless. This is a rough situation, Betty, because uh, it seems that God has brought you around uh, to honor him and to be faithful, but you're still living with this man. Um, I don't know the status of your first marriage, but you... Uh, you've been divorced, you need an annulment or a decree of nullity, at least, from the diocese to say that your marriage never took place. It was null and void from the beginning. Um, the fact that there was a lot of abuse with your first husband does not necessarily tell you that your first marriage was not legitimate. You need the church's affirmation on that. And now you say you're still together, you and your boyfriend. Is it possible to be married? First, you would need to seek an annulment. Uh, and if he was married before, he would need to do the same. You say your boyfriend has issues with a certain type of drug. Um, I don't know what that means. Uh, if he is on drugs, uh, that's not a good thing, of course. At times, I don't know what to do because I want to honor our Lord. We have not been intimate for many, many months. I feel lost, Mother. We are both Catholics. I've been to a priest to confess my sins. Please understand that my faith has not always been with me. Well, it's good that you've confessed your sins and that you've not been intimate for many, many months. But you are not married. And uh, the best thing for you to do is not to live together. Because if you live together, you must, without fail, live as brother and sister and no longer be intimate. That's an absolute must. Don't even kiss each other. Totally be separate, completely separate. Um, 
the best thing is for you to live in separate places. So there's no scandal whatsoever. If after 20 years, um, it's not something you're going to do, you must live in separate bedrooms, separate rooms, uh, and be totally chaste and file for your annulment uh, and and have a, a, your uh, boyfriend take care. If he's been married before, he must do the same. And he has to take care of his drug problem. So um, all that needs to happen in order for you to get married. If you're not able, for whatever reason, to separate after 20 years, you must be totally chaste and not live, no longer live in the same room, bedroom. You have separate bedrooms, separate rooms. If you have one bedroom, let somebody sleep in the living room or the bathtub. It doesn't matter. Don't be together. And on, if you want to honor God, that's a good thing. And the way to honor him is to be totally chaste, separate, and file for an annulment. God bless all of you. God willing, we will be with you tomorrow. God bless you, dear ones.